Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Also brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have the latest runoff forecast. With the outlook near normal in much of the southern and central grain belt, we have the full details on it. We take our usual look at grain markets today. We have what's happened, and surprisingly, one's up, one's down when we talk to about wheat and canola. We have a look at barley, malt barley in particular, and the markets there. And we have more details on the Farm Cash Advance Program. There's another offer. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Prices for wheat and canola were mixed this week as markets remain quite volatile due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola futures rose $52 a ton this week, while Minneapolis spring wheat futures fell $1.09 per bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, the May canola contract increased approximately $52 a ton. As we're talking here, the May futures are sitting at approximately $11.30 a ton. On the Minneapolis wheat front, we saw a decline on the May contract of about $1.09 a bushel. And it seems that we could be starting to settle down around this 10.50 area here on the Minneapolis wheat. There has been a lot of volatility, especially when it comes to the wheat side of the market. Uh, some ships are starting to be getting to move in the Black Sea region. Um, there again every day it seems like there is positive news with Russia and Ukraine and then it goes negative um, so what I'm seeing at least here is a lot of technical selling in recent days we saw a few limit up moves on the Chicago wheat so Chicago and Kansas have really skyrocketed um, in recent days, but have now since pulled back. And they're only trading at about uh, a 30 cent premium to Minneapolis, which is is not often the case, especially for Chicago, because it is a, a lower protein wheat. 
So one thing I'm definitely, again, still watching is how the technical side of the market is going right now. The two-week forecast for the U.S. Southern Plains is still mostly warm and dry, and this should eventually support kind of the, the market to, we market to stay relatively stable. Um, but again, the talk to of this run of all-time highs really left the wheat market overpriced, um, and there needs to be that demand to, to kind of meet those prices, and there wasn't. So it sounds like the Russian invasion of Ukraine has had the key market factor. Uh, would I read that right? 100% when it comes to the spike recently that we saw on the wheat side of the market, as well to definite just algorithmic traders, fund traders, large money, really trading off kind of the news. And that's why we've seen, you could often call it kind of a blow-off top here recently, is that uh, the funds definitely take profit just as fast as, as they get in. So on the wheat front, we might have seen the highs, unless, again, there is some more tensions that happen. But it's going to be volatile right now. And on, on the canola front, we haven't seen as much volatility. Canola has just gone steadily higher, making, again, new contract highs here. Soybeans have seemed to have stabilized. Bean oil, um, again, is kind of hitting at some highs. And then we did see as well, too, this week's USDA report actually kind of lower, have Brazilian crop estimates. Again, long, solid export sales for beans, too, has really helped support those markets. So traders suspect that usage will become stronger than expected, and then old crop and ending stocks will come in you know, well below current expectations. And th- that's really helping support the soy markets, uh, as well as the canola as well, too. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca The spring water flow forecast for Saskatchewan sees below to well below normal runoff for much of the southern grain belt. Sean Osmar with the Water Security Agency says many areas went into winter drier than normal. So overall across the south, we see um, slightly, you know, below normal conditions right now. And I think a lot of that has to do with with how the province went into the winter freeze-up. You know, last summer and fall, we had uh, hot, dry conditions for extended periods of time and not a lot of precipitation. Uh, Particularly the southwest corner uh, was, was very dry seen that slightly improve over the winter with uh, with some pretty good snowfalls we've had, particularly recently, uh, as anybody who's shoveled will, tell, will attest to. And we're expecting, we're still in the snow season, we could still see some more snow and, and maybe even rain if we if we warm up here eventually. Um, but as it stands now, um, we're, we're slightly below normal or below normal. I understand the areas east of Moose Jaw will be a little bit better because there is more snow. Do I understand that right? But the southwest could yeah. be some problems. So southwest, yeah. So, so as I said, southwest is still pretty dry, still below normal. Um, we will see more snow, more rain for those areas. Southeast corner is near normal. Uh, there is one pocket that uh, currently shows that it's slightly above normal, but uh, for much of the southeast, it's uh, kind of a normal runoff expected at this point. Tell me about water supply issues in the southwest. How bad? Well, broadly speaking, on the major reservoirs, We'll be okay, you know, Lake Diefenbaker, uh, Rafferty, the other the other major dams or reservoirs will be okay. 
for smaller reservoirs, you know, again, it could be could be dry. We we hope to see more. We we expect that these conditions will still continue. We do account for you know expected precipitation levels, so this report reflects that. So as it stands, you know, we, we hope to see more snow to uh, to bring those reservoirs back up. How does Central Saskatchewan, Grain Belt, and the northern areas look? Across the central and uh, across the central band of the province, pretty good. They've got above normal. They've received, uh, you know, they went into the winter freeze a little bit better off with moisture conditions than the rest of the province did. Uh, and then over the over the winter, they've seen uh, very healthy amounts of, of snowfall uh, for them. So we're expecting above normal, and uh, you know, one band in particularly well above normal. We don't expect to see. Uh, any flooding from that. Again, conditions can change and, and we're monitoring that, but as it stands, we don't expect to see flooding. Possibly if there is, it would be localized, but again, we'll, uh, we have a mo- uh, an update coming in April uh, and that will give us a better idea of, of what we might expect going into the spring runoff. And how, do the, how does Lake Diefenbaker look and even the Capel chain? So Lake Diefenbaker looks looks pretty good. The red the levels are uh, are solid there. We expect all of the major reservoirs in the south to uh, to be able to meet demands, uh, whether it's irrigation or power. We expect flow rates to be good. We see uh, a higher than normal alpine snowpack, which does affect the Diefenbaker and, and river system. So we uh, we are we're expecting those levels to be pretty good. Sean Osmar is the manager of communications with the Water Security Agency. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio broadcasting today from Commodity Classic in New Orleans, Louisiana. Joined right now by Arlen Suderman with StoneX. Arlen, how are you? Doing well. Good to be back with you, Sean. I guess we should lead off with, Arlen, how would you summarize what is happening this week in the markets? We are pushing in numerous directions, up and down. It's hard. It, it kind of makes your head spin a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think all the focus is on Russia and Ukraine, and that's justifiably so. But we need to remember that a lot of this, the table was set coming into this. We were already tight in most of our commodities as well as in fertilizer supplies before this ever happened. And then we threw on the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which shut down fertilizer exports from a major exporting center of the world. And we shut down exports of commodities from one of the big breadbaskets of the world. And all of a sudden, we've really tightened things up right now. And so you have end users uh, who are saying, are we going to be able to get enough supplies? And that depends on what country you're in and what your supply chains are. Um, And then you have producers saying, whoa, wait a minute. It's up the limit one day, down the limit for a couple of days or or whatever, depending on the commodity. Uh, Where do I sell? And what about my crop inputs? Uh, How much am I going to have to pay? And there's a lot of confusion, and then th- into that you throw, we've had hundreds of uh, millions of dollars coming into the, the, the commodity ETFs here just in the last week, and that just amplifies all the volatility that much more, because that money is largely going to computers that are reading signals that change in momentum, a lot of factors coming together, and unfortunately I think it's going to be this way for quite some time. Is that the reason why we've seen kind of daily trade on wheat where it's, you know, pushed down a buck it's back up it's just it's moving all over the place do you put that to computers 
A, a lot of it is. Now, initially, the big fear was, okay, we've taken almost a third of the world's exportable wheat supply off the market, and there was panic to the upside from that. But there were some big shorts in the market. In other words, they had sold the market who needed to get out and couldn't get out because we were just limit trade every day. And so they were in panic mode. We finally did some trading, and so they were able to get out. So we anticipated we could have some limit down days that follow that. But now the market has to determine what is fair value for each of these commodities. So it's going to take some time for that volatility to slow down to where we really have a handle on what is the supply and demand situation and therefore what is the fair value for that. Is there going to be a crop in Ukraine this year, Arlen, or do we just not know at this point? Well, let's break it down a little bit. The winter wheat crop accounts for about 95% of their wheat production in Ukraine. And that crop was looking good. It looks good yet where tanks haven't gone across it. Um, so it needs to be top dressed in order to produce good yields. About 50% of the fertilizer was in position before the war started. No more is expected to come in. Uh, some of the wheat in the western half of the country actually got top dressed as, as the war was starting in the east. Uh, but now that's come to a halt. So we're going to have a lot of mixed yield potential. The question is, can it be harvested? The farmers have basically gone to the war effort. The fuel has gone to the war effort. Um, the financing structure to finance crops for 2022 is kind of out the window. Will landowners be able to maintain ownership of land? So what our customers are telling us, and we have customers in that area basically, is right now there's so much uncertainty. Even if the war ended this week, there's not a lot of incentive for planting a crop this year. So we have the wheat. Will it get harvested? Some of it may. Much of it probably not. If it is harvested, will it be held? Probably held there for local food needs and stuff. Very little export. And then the 22 crops get planned in the spring? Probably not, at least not any exportable supplies. That has big impacts on the sunflower market. You know, there's 30 percent of the global sunflower production and and the corn crop. That China's a big buyer of, U, of Ukraine corn. So that, that has, these are major, major impacts. They really are. And one of the things I've been watching is, does China come back to buy corn? We have seen a big surge in corn purchases to unknown destinations. We don't know if that's China yet. There's a good chance it is. We don't know that. Now it looks like they may be starting to step up their purchases, and they've definitely stepped up their purchases of old crop soybeans as well as new crop soybeans. Looks like they're getting worried about tightening supplies. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Sunny sky today, wind west 20, the high minus 17. 30% chance of light snow overnight. Temperature rising to minus 7 by tomorrow morning. Wind chill minus 27 this evening, minus 14 overnight. For Saturday, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries. Wind southwest 20, gusting to 50, becoming northwest 40, gusting to 60. The high zero on Saturday, the low minus 9. Sunday, cloudy, the high minus 4, the low minus 11. 
Monday, cloudy, the high plus one, the low minus two. Tuesday, cloudy, high plus four, low minus two. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high plus five, the low minus five. Thursday, sunny with a high of plus six degrees. Normal high for this date is minus one. The normal low is minus 13. The sun rose at 721 this morning. It sets at 656 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Maple Creek at minus 10. The cold spot, Broadview and Winyard, both at minus 22. Estevan is minus 22 as well. Saskatoon minus 21. Swift Current minus 18. Weyburn minus 22. Yorkton is minus 21. Regina, sunny and minus 21. That's six below Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west-northwest at 17, giving a wind chill right now of minus 31. Humidity 63%. The barometer rising 103.2. Sunny and Moose Jaw, minus 18. Winds are from the southwest at 21. Once again, Regina, sunny and minus 21. That's six below Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau has issued a statement as part of the G7 Agriculture Ministers and the EU Commissioner in a meeting in Germany in the presence of the Ukrainian colleague. The statement says the Agriculture Ministers are appalled by and condemned the large-scale aggression by Russia against Ukraine enabled by the Belarusian government. The G7 Agriculture Ministers are saddened by the devastating losses and express solidarity with Ukraine. The statement says the G7 ministers will strive to support food production in Ukraine and stand ready to act in any crisis to ensure global food security. The minister's statement expresses alarm at the targeting of critical agricultural infrastructure in Ukraine, including transportation and storage, which is having significant regional impact. Given Ukraine is the fourth largest wheat supplier and produces half the world's sunflower oil exports, the statement says this will have global impact on food insecurity. More countries are building up grain stockpiles in an effort to avoid future food insecurity. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has many Middle Eastern nations worried about coming months. El Mussel is the director of research at the Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute. Production is still going up, but not at the same rate that consumption in it. And as a, re- as a result, our ability to build stocks is greatly diminished at a global level. So it's kind of like, you know, you're going into every year needing that year's crop to be good just to meet that year's demand. And and I certainly hope I'm wrong about this, but it looks very much like we're at a global level, at least we're having trouble building stock. The United Nations food index is also rising to very high levels. Production's still going up, but you look at the food price index uh, that the FAO maintains, and it's in, you know, inflation-adjusted terms. It's at its highest level since 1973. So, you you know, you get the real sense of concern and, and worry that countries have of um, high food prices or, or conversely running out. 
Muscle runs through the list of countries that have started stockpiling. Jordan's uh, uh, initiated a stockpiling program for wheat. Egypt has done something similar. In Turkey, they've had to deal with, I think that's more of a widespread sort of you know, individual consumers stockpiling. China is a major, well, by far the largest stockpiler of product. It's interesting, you know, they went through a period of importing vast quantities of corn, particularly U.S. corn, to rebuild stocks, you know, even as their sow inventory is declining. And so the tightness in terms of the demand, especially on the cereal complex, but also in your oilseed complex. So for us, canola is, I'm going to say, probably unprecedented. Muscle's comments come from the Grains West podcast. It's produced by Grains West magazine, which is published by the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions. The latest news and information on malting barley will be covered during a day-and-a-half event in Saskatoon next Wednesday and Thursday. The Malt Academy is organized by the Canadian Malting Barley Technical Centre. Director Peter Watts says maltsters, grain companies and brewers will be on hand. What's important from a quality standpoint for the end users, like the maltsters and brewers, what are they looking for? Uh, What's important? Understanding the new uh, malting barley varieties that are out there and their advantages and agronomic characteristics. And then, of course, to provide some uh, perspectives on growing malting barley, how to optimize your yields and, and quality and understanding things like good storage practices and contracting and marketing opportunities. So really a tailored program for farmers to, to help them um, you know, optimize uh, malting barley production. After last year's drought, there is a big demand for both feed and malting barley. About 75% of all the barley that's grown in Canada does end up in the feed sector and then and the balance um, in the malting and brewing industry. So it's very important to have that strong feed sector. It encourages producers, means they have a couple of marketing options for their barley. If they don't uh, sell it as malt, they can always sell it into the feed sector. So a strong feed market is very important for the whole industry, for the malting and brewing industry as well. Watts talks about the current global barley situation. According to the USDA, the world had the lowest barley ending stocks since 1983, and the drought in Canada this past year obviously didn't help. We've had very strong demand for barley from China in the last couple of years as a feedstock, and that's really been an important factor in global trade and um, supporting prices. So we're going into this year with very tight stocks, both here in Canada and, and globally. There is one country that produced a good barley crop. Down in in Australia, they actually had a record barley crop this year, 13.7 million tonnes, according to their ag ministry. So uh, they have uh, quite strong supplies, but that's only one country. And now with the uh, outbreak of war, the supplies in uh, the Black Sea region coming out of Ukraine and uh, Russia are questionable. And that's uh, added significant premium to the market over the past uh, just few weeks. On the domestic front, Watts says growers are switching over to some of the newer malt barley varieties. Watts will be one of the guest speakers next Wednesday and Thursday in Saskatoon at the Malt Academy. Maltsters and brewers will also make presentations in the day-and-a-half event sponsored by the Saskatchewan Barley Development Commission. All registered barley producers can register free of charge. More information is on the SAS Barley website. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. 
This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Application forms are now being accepted for the 2022 Advance Payments Program Cash Advance. It's a federal program that's delivered to producers by several organizations, including the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission. Manager Tom Steves says farmers can complete their forms now with funds available by the 1st of April. While we've opened applications for the uh, Spring Cash Advance 2022 uh, as of March 1st, uh, so farmers can apply. Um, the funds uh, can be released as of April 1st, but um, opening the um, application process early allows us to uh, be ready to uh, issue those funds as soon as possible after April 1st under the cash advance program. So our um, uh, service model is three to five business days from the uh, uh, submission of a completed application. And so um, farmers that are applying now uh, will be able to receive their funds uh, shortly after uh, that April 1st launch of the program under uh, the federal government. Can Saskatchewan farmers apply for the cash advance through the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission? Yes, they can. Uh, So the farm cash program uh, was launched in 2018 in Alberta only. We, uh, you know, we dipped our toe in the water uh, to see if um, there was interest. Uh, The interest was uh, uh, actually overwhelming. And we started to get inquiries from uh, Saskatchewan uh, Manitoba and BC producers about whether or not they could apply under our program. We have an, uh, initiated a number of uh, efficiencies and innovations, and uh, so uh, farmers have been asking uh, if they can apply under uh, our operating model. So, what advantages does the advanced program through Alberta Wheat and Barley offer farmers? You know, we uh, have pioneered the idea of making streamlining the program as much as possible. So, for example, when we launched in 2018, um, we went with a fully online uh, application process. So, um, you know, doing away with things like uh, downloading PDF files. Uh, the other uh, innovation that we put in place was uh, registering assignments on behalf of uh, farmers. So... Um, you know, in the past, uh, farmers have had to register their assignments with crop insurance or agri-stability, uh, so we do that for them. Uh, we've also um, instituted the idea of a dedicated account manager, so farmers that apply under our program will be dealing with the same person throughout the process. And we find that growers really like that uh, that option. So we're, I, I guess, uh, in summary, it's innovation. You know, it's we uh, have competitive interest rates. You know, the first hundred thousand dollars is interest free. Uh, the application is uh, free of charge, and uh, on the remaining nine hundred, up to nine hundred thousand farmers uh, can access that low interest rate of zero point seven five percent, which is much lower than you will ever find in any lending institution. And how do farmers apply for the cash advance? So um, there's two ways to do it. First, they can go to uh, farmcashadvance.com. That's our website. Uh, or they can call us at uh, 1-855-376-2274, and our customer service representatives are there to take their calls, 
take their questions, and uh, we really look forward to hearing from them. Tom Steve is the manager of the Alberta Wheat and Barley Commission, which is offering farm cash advances to Saskatchewan farmers. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. With new inventory arriving daily, they'll find a vehicle that fits your agriculture lifestyle. Grain prices were reflecting some downward movement. Viterra prices for canola fell two dollars at ten twenty-six forty-two. One red spring wheat went down fourteen thirty-nine at four forty-one ninety. The rest were unchanged. Durham five fifty-one sixteen. Feed barley three eighty-seven fifty-four. Flax twelve fifty-two eleven. Lentils eight sixty-five fifty. Oats five zero one fifty three. Yellow pea six thirty four fifteen. Feed wheat two sixty one sixty five. At Minneapolis, May spring wheat rose seven and a half cents at ten sixty two and a half cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn eight four two forty five seventy four. Now the latest quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Light run of cattle on offer here in Moose Jaw this week. Consisting mostly of cows was sold steady to the last week. Good run expected for our Tuesday, March 15th. Pre-sort here with some good grass cattle on offer for that one. These good cows, 90 to 96. We went right up to a buck on them high-yielding cows. Medium hay-fed cows from 83 to 91. The good bulls were $1.15 to $1.2475 here in Moose Jaw. Like I said, good Good run expected here for our Tuesday pre-sort. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest pork prices, 225.53 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Bebeau has announced an incentive plan to expand processing in the farm supply managed sector. Bebeau is providing almost $293 million to support processors in the supply managed sector to offset the impact of international trade agreements. Through the Supply Management Processing Investment Fund, processors of supply managed commodities will be able to access funding to improve productivity and efficiency through investments in new automated equipment and technology. The fund leverages private investment in processing plants to accelerate adoption of automation to lower processing costs, resolve labor shortages, and enhance product quality. Bobo says work is underway with supply-managed sectors to determine full and fair compensation for the impact of the Canada-U.S.-Mexico agreement within the year. On the markets, the TSX is down 50 points to 21,531. The Dow is up 46 points at 33,220. Oil is up $3.49 at $109.51 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 31 hundredths of a cent at 78.59 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.